0: Hello, everyone, out there in Podcast World. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Today's episode is a playback, a replay of a conversation that I had with Daniel Aikens. Um, he had me on his podcast, and uh, there was some good value there, and I thought that uh, you may appreciate it. So uh, I thought that I might bring a uh, just share it with you. I, this is a recording from his podcast. So some of the things might not make the same amount of sense as, uh, it would normally make with, um, with me asking all the questions instead of answering questions. But it's nice to have a little change up of things from time to time. Uh, if you notice my voice is a little bit off, I lost my voice last week. I was at an event, uh coaching event, and it's always wild at those events. Uh, it's with CEO warrior and, um, so I'm just starting to get my voice back. With that being said, also I want to mention that this episode is brought to you by My Easy Install. Last week we uh, talked with Chris Rush, and I shared that episode. I got a lot of great feedback on that. A lot of people said they would try out um, My Easy Install. Uh, it's a great program, and it's growing. Um, and as more manufacturers come on board, it'll grow even more. Um, but it's a nice. I, the way that i describe it is it, it gets rid of some of that pass-through income so that that cash flow that ties up whenever you're doing change outs um it gets rid of that so it's really good for for people who are just starting out and don't have a lot of cash in the bank to pay for materials and parts and everything uh for a change out and uh then it guarantees you a lot of work too so it's um uh, it helps you as as my easy install grows. It's going to uh, a lot more work's going to develop that way. It's going to until you've figured out your marketing strategy and your branding uh, yourself. I think that it's going to it's going to help out a lot. If you have any questions about it, go to myeasyinstall.com. That's uh, my the letter E the letter Z install.com. And then there's a link at the top right and that's where you go to sign up for the program. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me. My email is tersh at icebound.us. And then also, don't forget, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Share it on your stories, Instagram, Facebook, and tag me in it. And I'll be sure to share it too and, and, and give you a follow. Um, but uh, also listen to that episode. I think it's episode 413. Uh, listen to that and uh, check out Uh, There's a lot of information in that uh, conversation that I had with Chris. But anyways, with that that being said, uh, let's get started with today's episode and um, let me know what you think.
1: All right, what's up, homies, and welcome to this early morning episode of Live, This this time with Tersh Blissett. He is the host of the Service Business Mastery Podcast. Look, this podcast has been going on for two years. There's well over 400 episodes. He's got a 4.5 star ranking, 121 uh, reviews. We're going to have to get that number up. Some of y'all got to go and review this guy. If I hold it, just the angle you can see. That's what the podcast looks like. Y'all need to go and do a review after this podcast. Uh after this live, you will have every reason to go and listen to this guy's podcast. And if you like it, you got to give the guy a good review because 121 for two years, man, we got to help you. We got to get you some more reviews on that thing, baby.
0: Heck yeah. That's
1: great. Um, you are a tried and true home service pro and you've you've got this podcast. You've got several businesses. I'm honored to have you in here to talk to us. Uh, I think this is going to be a freestyle like question, answer, chat until... We run out of time um as always if anybody has anything in the group that they want to post a question comment concern i'll try to see if i can you know say those out loud here and we can just handle them all, man but welcome
0: yeah appreciate it totally honored uh, i appreciate the inv- invitation to come on the podcast absolutely so um i guess uh, a little bit about me i i've been in the industry since 2005 i'm in the air conditioning industry uh that's my bread and butter that's what i really know uh and uh i started out at a local service company uh after getting out of the air force and then um started i worked my way up from a install helper to a tech service technician to the service manager to general manager and uh then got my business license and started my own business um in 2014 i started a business and um, we were growing between 90 and 120% year-over-year. Year. Well, then in 2017, I started the podcast, and a lot of listeners were just asking about um, how I did it. And so in 2018, I started Icebound, another air conditioning company, which competes with uh, the original company that I started in 2014, just so that people same can follow along. Yep, yep same marketplace. Uh, different avatars, so different um, target audiences. Uh, and I did that on purpose so that I could try and, like, uh, I really wanted – I, I know um, high-volume, low-margin companies and business, so we did a lot. We did 4,500 uh, property management company, uh, houses, and uh, I knew how to do that. I knew how to tackle that market and grow in that market, but I didn't really know, like, your higher-end, affluent, owner occupied. So that's why I started the other business and did. That's my target audience there
1: well that's really cool man so i don't know how much you know about my background um but i've been in this group trying to i've said the same thing over and over so um for me i started actually um i, I went into the industry of air conditioning mm-hmm. in a distribution warehouse I started in the warehouse uh unloading you know trucks and yeah. putting stuff in the warehouse and then Worked my way into uh, where I was dealing with the contractors and and you know putting their orders in the system and making all that stuff come together, into mm-hmm. the point where I became a consultant. And then, you know consultant is outside sales, it was I was a rep for American Standard Air Conditioning and I was a rep for Rude. Uh, I've been a I've been a rep for parts and supply houses and you know financing option. There's been a lot of a lot of positions in the business to business world. Mm-hmm that's that specifically speak to home service pros that I've held so I've created like this this hybrid b2hsp so yeah b2b with a concentration of home service pros is where I've spent my time and so what I what I've noticed throughout my time I did commercial sales for a while mm-hmm. and that commercial sales took all this new construction projects and these, these you know 55 you know um track homes basically we called them you know yeah, you'd yeah. Go in and you quote like x amount and it's super low margin high volume work and it was like man it's so tight margin something goes wrong you lose your ass on the whole thing oh yeah and then um and then you know i looked at the commercial side and then i went over even into um l- looking at some of this residential new construction and when i started selling rude it was it was high efficiency you know re- you know changeouts and all that stuff so we have a, a pretty well parallel there but my view is from Distribution side, so I'm sure we could probably. That's really
0: cool. And so your your um, American Standard, that was your like you were selling like the 14 Series American Standards, and then like once you went to Rude, that's whenever you went to higher efficiency.
1: Well, so I had access to high efficiency while I was right. selling American Standard, but my my job when I was working for American Standard selling their equipment mm-hmm. was was the commercial sales manager. As a sales manager, what I ended up quoting were these were these new construction projects. Um, So they they never wanted the high efficiency stuff on those projects, which are the ones I quoted. Mm -hmm. Other stuff, um, the territory managers, which I I was eventually that role for RUDE. Gotcha. I would go out and I would I would do that. So uh, I worked over towards that higher efficiency side. So American Standard had high efficiency equipment. It was it was there, but it just wasn't what I was doing at the time
0: yeah i went to uh, i went out to tyler texas we uh we're train dealer, so uh yeah that's a that's a crazy warehouse and everything yeah, It's that, that, cool man it is it's it's amazing the the way that they uh the assembly line and the way that they can make an american standard and train right next to each other and it's mm-hmm. like like they're literally the exact same thing with different powder coating on them so yeah, yeah it's a really cool it's, process it's
1: super cool yeah and some and so there was there was a period of time when i was doing it where there was a top on the train that had like a oh uh,
0: yeah a leaf you know, guard difference
1: right so it, that made the difference and everyone. on but yeah definitely and then so rude is this it's very similar rude and ream are in the same plant together as as our american standard train and you know there's only really uh hand, of course you know there's only a handful of actual manufacturers right right There's a bunch of brands and so forth but yeah man that's a we have tight paths there so yeah that's really cool Where did you uh where along the your route did you decide that you were going to go and start a podcast?
0: um honestly, I was listening to podcasts, so my wife and I we moved an hour away from where our office was mm-hmm. and because uh, we we got 250 acres and um, so I started listening at first like for the first couple of months, I was listening to the radio, but then it was like the same. Three or four songs were played along the whole hour-long route. So then I started um, listening to uh, different podcasts, and I started with like entree Leadership, uh, the Dave Ramsey podcast. Yes. And so I then I'd I'd hear an interview e on there, and I'd say, Oh, I want to check out. And that person might have a podcast. Ch- I I want to check out their podcast. Uh, and then. Uh, I listened to um, the E Myth revisited, and so I, I started listening to a lot of books on tape, and then I was like searching their podcast and stuff like that, and I kind of got stuck in a rabbit hole of just like, let's get all the podcast stuff I can get, and then I started getting like social media marketing world, uh, the guys out in California, and all this stuff, and I was like just really diving deep into stuff, and almost oh not obsession into podcasting and then uh i found an hvac technicians podcast called uh hvac school um, mm-hmm. with brian Orr, and uh i started listening to that and like giving him feedback and um really just i dove deep into his his entire world uh and then he was like uh you know i'd like to start a network and have Um, a business podcast and then like my technical podcast and then um, there was a couple other ones ones called HVAC shop talk and so we and then tool pros podcast so they just talked about tools Uh, and so we kind of started this little network and it was basically so that we could Brian could teach all of us and then we could like bounce ideas off of each other and learn and grow ourselves since then uh, we split up the network only because uh, it was to the point to where like we were all pretty even like we were there wasn't a whole lot we were giving each other at that point so then it was just like we're in a network but we're not really in a network so we were like you know it's probably we'll just dissolve it and like we're all still really good friends and we all hang out all the time um but uh it's uh it, so now i just i do my own thing and i help other people that want to learn, learn how to podcast we do we have a local network of podcasters that uh they just like want to get into somebody wants to get into podcasting don't know how to do it and so we just help them out like these are the the entry-level steps and then move along it's really sweet, it's, a, it's a great process it's extremely affordable way to get your message out there
1: yeah well so i'm definitely interested i um It's the craziest thing i lost my mouth <laughs> anyway <Interesting>. um <laughs> the heck do i have? yeah um yeah, I've got basically this group that I created. So, so I'll, I'll walk you through how I created yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Group, right? So, I um, I started in the in the business of selling air conditioning equipment, and it's a it's a rough business, man. You know, you'd go knocking doors, and and like the big boys that could buy a bunch of equipment, right? A couple of things would happen there. First, you know, you knock on the door, and they've their their marketing is intertwined their installers know how to install their technicians, know how to work on and their sales reps know how to sell one brand of equipment. Yes. And they move a bunch of those boxes and you're envious. You're like, man, how do I get that business? And, and one of two things happens, either you can get that business and you can lose it as quickly as you get it because there's no loyalty, right? or you're not even going to get in the door because the owner of the company has a relationship with the, the rep over at you know Goodman or wherever it is. And so, I want, I set out to go and build those types of relationships from the ground up. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, okay, how do I figure that out? Because when I was working on the counter, John would come in and, you know, he's, he's having a rough day. He can't figure out how to make his business like like grow. And yeah. his, his chief complaint is every winter he's going to lay everybody off because he doesn't have any work. Yep. I'm like, man, business is tough. Right. And then Jim comes in, he's happy. He's loving business. Right. And, and, Jim's like, yeah, well, I've had that problem, John, you know, whatever, uh, you know, through me says, you know, you got to, you got to put a maintenance agreement program in place so that you have those maintenances to do through the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And I'd go back over and tell John, well, look, here's, here's what I think you ought to do. And, and then like that process was more meaningful to me than any part of my career at this point, right? Like, so there was the money's yep. cool, it's not that important the ability to, to watch somebody build a business and feel like empowered to like,
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, th- this is their business and they, and to be empowered to continue on th- that path meant more to me than, than any of the money or any of that. So, you know, I set out to help business owners grow their business. And I figure if, if I take a guy that's young who wants to build a business and I, and I help him channel his efforts into what turns into one of these big companies in the marketplace, but I've been at a whole time Mm -hmm. and I've got that relationship and there's no, nothing going to break that. Yeah. So, so what I did is I set out to go and build those relationships and time and time again, in the commercial sales business and residential with rude residential with American standard. Um, and then again in the financing world with more than just air conditioning with roofers, solar, um, windows and doors, air conditioning, plumbers, Mm -hmm. all that. And, and the whole, the whole business for me is, um, you know, they're like, why should I buy from you? I can go get your competitor, you don't get me? It's like the cliche thing, right, but so for yeah, fifteen yeah. years, I've made it my business. I've put the hat on every day, and I've said, all right, well, how do I help these contractors solve their problems and grow their businesses because if I can figure that piece out, mm-hmm. like they'll buy whatever I'm selling, yeah it doesn't even matter what I'm selling
0: exactly uh, totally if you, if you, it's the giver's gain philosophy, yeah. yeah. I, I agree hundred percent. And I love the video. I like, I watched your videos. I went through the group and I was watching videos and they're really, really informative and awesome. And if people pay attention to them, they'll learn a, a thing or two for sure. That's, uh, yeah.
1: And no, I see a ton of that in your podcast too. Like it's, it's like, it's like giving people all that they could possibly need. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the question begs like, so what else is there after you give away, give away the whole game, give it away for free. Yeah. Well, so the consulting game has two things, right? There's customization mm-hmm. and accountability, right? Because all these ideas are great, right? But how does it fit into my business? Yeah. How does it fit in? So you can translate it. A lot of people can translate. Please do translate it. Use these things in your business. Grow. If you're having trouble translating, then maybe you need to speak with a consultant who can help you to translate into your business. Customize these ideas. Mm-hmm. Then, how many of y'all know exactly what to do?
0: Exactly. How many of you know
1: what to do in the gym? How many of you know what to do uh, to to eat right? How many of you know what to do to take care of your family? Right?
0: And it's so funny that you mentioned the the gym because like I'm guilty of the gym. Like you go there and you're like, well that guy's doing that. Maybe that's what I should be doing. But you don't realize that that's part of his workout regimen. Exactly. And exactly. it's the same way in business. Well, they're charging $89 for a diagnostic fee. That's what I should be charging. Well, that doesn't that's not how it works. Well, where I used to work, we charged $125 for a capacitor, so that's what I'm going to charge. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take their price book and use it. That's not how it works. You need to price it based off of your overhead, you know, the way that you run your business, and you know. You, that the company where you came from, they may have a loss leader and you don't understand what a loss leader is. And if you go in thinking, I can do a tune-up for $69 and you don't have to do anything other than the tune-up for $69, you're going to be out of business working back for that company again, not not very long from now. So yeah, totally. Like I love what you mentioned about the, the, the gym thing because unless you have somebody training you like you, you may be like, maybe you need to do legs all one day, but you go in there, you see one person doing legs. You see the other person working on, you know, whatever. And and, then so you're, you're bouncing back and forth and you have no rhyme or reason. And then you get no results and then you're like, screw it. I don't don't know what I'm doing and I'm horrible. I'll never lose this weight. I'll never gain muscle type stuff. You know, another,
1: another analogy that I love a lot about, business, and it would work in the gym too, is, is the analogy of a wheel, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I have a wheel, it's symbol, I'm looking around for it right now because I want to try to show it to you, but it's symbolic to me because the wheel, uh, it, I'm a, I ride a mountain bike, first of all, as my exercise and recreation, I love to ride that bike, but the wheel itself has spokes, and each spoke is designed to support that, that overall wheel. Mm-hmm. And each spoke is independently important and um if you're going to grow a business meaning you're going to grow the circumference of that wheel you have to grow the length of each spoke and as as you do that it's hard to do right like so you've got the production team the guys that are going to go and get the work done you got the technical team the ones that troubleshoot things that go wrong you got the uh you know duck guys you got the sales guys you have the admin team and all these different spokes to the business are, are things that have to increase or otherwise your your wheel gets cattywampus it's not true anymore it creates a lot more friction and unwanted noise mm-hmm. and just problems so you have to figure out a way to to essentially grow those spokes together as simultaneously as possible even though yeah. it's completely impossible mm-hmm. you have to have some systems in place uh, pressure relief valves and things of that nature in growing a business so, like the average person that I see going into home services, right? They've either they've either come up through the trade, they've learned all the trade the whole way through, and decide they want to own their own business, mm-hmm. or they came through um, like a sales channel, typically where they've they've gone out and they've they've pushed the revenue that that creates growth. So then. They get the idea that like, hey, I want to own the whole company, but they just really don't know the crux of like the technical side.
0: Yeah, right? I feel like the technician. Like, I, I'm I came, I was a technician. Uh, and if you've listened to a Red e-myth, you know you can fall into like you you can't you sometimes don't get out of your own way. You know, Michael Definitely. Gerber he said it very well. You know, there's a three parts: you have your manager, your entrepreneur, and your technician uh, mindsets. And very few times is it that you have both of the like all three of them in the same person so you really have to really hone those other senses like your wheel you uh you mentioned and uh it with us coming out of the field as technical uh people sometimes i feel like uh you have to get out of your own way and it's almost to the to the point to where like you you might be better off if you have no technical knowledge at all because uh with icebound i i purposely have never been in a van with icebound so when i came into the business like i i know technical knowledge i'm i'm very technically versed in the air conditioning and refrigeration and uh i will help somebody if they really get stumped but i really want them to put forth the effort i don't want to be their crutch and so i haven't gotten in the van i purposely hired a technician from day one i've hired another technician um and that's how i've, I've grown that business is um is being very purposeful that, like, every single day, like, Wednesdays are my podcasting days. So I don't do anything with icebound unless it's a level five emergency. I don't work on icebound on Wednesdays. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I are my networking days. And that's the days that I'll go in and I'll do meetings in, in town and I'll do networking. And Mondays and Fridays uh, are 100% icebound days. And so, like, having that structure. Uh, really is really important with the business and it's very very much so that like uh, i don't get i don't get bogged down in the busy work putting out fires because that's uh and i've I've caught myself doing that in the past like i'm I'm not perfect by any means like I, i'll definitely fall back into these crutches but uh, i I try my best to be diligent and staying in that routine
1: yeah I hear you hundred percent there because like it's, it's that age old, like working on the business instead of in the business. Yep. And I can tell you, man, when, when I set out to go and meet these contractors that are on the cusp of being great, mm-hmm. that's one of the first lessons. It's like, okay, look, I get it. You know how to do this, right? Yep. But you need to pay people to do this and exactly. you need to work on the, the, whole, the whole system, exactly. right? And so a little bit of strategy goes a long way, to be honest with you, because a, a lot of times they see it from one paradigm, and that's the paradigm that they came up in—either the technical side or the sales side—and yep. and then they have this this perspective of specifically like an admin or a dispatch. It's like yep. this is the role there, and then they they take that paradigm and go all the way over here and take this role, and they're like, holy crap! And they they all of a sudden wrap their head around the entire business and and you never get that if you're always working in the business yep. instead of working on the business.
0: It's it's funny uh, because like uh, I was in a class last week with Jay Abraham and he, one of the things he, uh, the guy's so full of knowledge, like make my head explode with full yeah. knowledge. But uh, one of the things he was saying was like, um, if you, if you pay yourself more than $15 an hour and you drive yourself to work, you're a fool. I was like, what? He was like, you drive for an hour and you pay, if you pay yourself more than $15 an hour, then you need to have somebody driving you to work. I was like, man, I'd feel horrible having like stroll up to work with my chauffeur and all this other stuff. Like, you know how much work you can be accomplishing by having someone else drive? Because driving is a menial, I mean, it's a useless task. Uh, and you, you just, pay somebody to drive you $10 an hour and they drive you everywhere you need to go. And you're working the whole time that you're driving. And it's like, it's like stuff like that. It's just like thinking outside the box. And like, sometimes we as business owners try and be so cheap about things, certain things that could actually hurt us when it's mm-hmm. like uh, people like, like Jay Abraham is super successful. They're like, well, here's a little tip that I'll tell you. And then you're like, uh, eh, I don't really think so. But then he's like, Okay, this guy's worth billions of dollars. Like, maybe I should take yeah. his advice. <laughs> yeah, like hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially, you know, what's funny is I never actually started to take these folks' advice until I started paying them.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Until
1: you stick, take some dollars out of your wallet and yep. stick it on the table, you're just like. Eh. And then, as soon as you pay, you're like, oh, well, is what Let i Let me try for. it. Yep. And so then it works, and you're like, whoa crap i wish i would have done that without paying like yeah, but somehow or another the feng just done it's it you gotta pay you gotta have some skin in
0: the game I yeah, it's about funny it's it funny because there's it's stuff like this and you can go on youtube and you can hear this great advice that people are giving yeah. but until you take money out your wallet and you say okay i'm gonna pay you for it and you have some leverage you have some skin in the game yeah. and then it's like okay i'm gonna do it because i paid you for it and at least auto. try it right, baby, baby. yep exactly and then it's like, it's almost like a, um, I'm going to do this to prove you that, prove to you that it doesn't work. Like, I want you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so then it's like, um, you know, and then they do it and it works. And it's like, told you, like, you just got to do it.
1: Yeah. So I've seen that phenomenon happen over and over and over again. And I, I enjoy it when it does happen, man. And so, um, so you have um, two years in podcasting and and like if i go through this thing man you've talked about the gamut like so yeah, we
0: we go from like one month we had nothing but entrepreneurial suicide so the suicide rate and uh, as entrepreneurs and the stresses involved in being a business owner and and manager and stuff like that so we had physicians come in um and then we had one month where it was nothing but physical and mental health so like um like making sure that you're working out and taking care of yourself and being diligent about that. So we had a bunch of um, physicians come in that were nothing but um, working on uh, your physical side of things. And then, so we had one guy that was Mr. Universe come on the podcast. It was crazy. I mean, he was former Mr. Universe. Uh, we've had uh, Mike McCallowitz. I actually became good friends with Mike McCallowitz after being on the podcast. Uh, he wrote uh, the book called Profit First. That's what he's yeah. most famous about. Yeah. Uh, and uh toilet paper entrepreneur and pumpkin plan and those are really good books and then he has a book that's coming out next year that's a really good book too uh and uh he's really good when it comes to profit and being profitable in your business uh and then sean van dyke wrote a book called profit first for contractors uh and so he's he's been on there uh i mean we really like you said, we range the gamut. It's, if if yeah. it brings value. And, and I try to think outside the box, too. So, like, Jesse Cole is a good friend of mine here in Savannah. Have you ever heard of Jesse Cole? I haven't. Okay, so Jesse Cole always wears a yellow tux. You'll have to Google him. The guy in the yellow tux. Okay. Uh, he started a baseball team here in Savannah. So, backstory: The baseball, uh, the stadium was built in the 30s. And it's always been a triple-A team. Always been a triple-A team. So, like, I think it was the... For a while, it was it was the Pirates, or maybe that's Augusta Green Jackets. There was uh, Boston, the Braves, something like that, uh, and it was always so. It was always a A team, a minor league team, feeder into the major leagues. Well, they could only keep like four hundred people on average in the stadium that, that holds five thousand people. Uh, or 4,000 people, and uh, so every time he went there, it was like a ghost town. So Jesse comes in, and he announces that he's going to start the Savannah Bananas, and everybody's like, no. That's the worst name ever, and not only that, we're only, it's only going to be a summer league team, and it's only going to be college, like the college kids that are playing, and uh, three years in a row, he's only been doing it for three years, and three years in a row, he sold out the 4,000 seats and there's a waiting list and they're trying to get more seats in the stadium and it's all about the experience and the fans experience. And like, that's he, his thing is, is whatever's normal in business, do the exact opposite. And that's kind of like, I've taken that philosophy with Icebound. So like we're a hundred percent remote we're 100 percent paperless uh it, everything that's normal about an air conditioning company we do probably do the exact opposite of it and i've taken that from jesse and anyways jesse's been on the podcast and uh jesse and mike it's, it's like a weird intertwined circle like you start to meet one person and it snowballs into it like well this person should be on your podcast and then it's uh, a yeah. it's really cool cool thing
1: no, I mean that's something that like I aspire to have as well as that snowball effect. So for me um I don't know if I I don't know if I've to, I know if I've told you this right but so I have this this grand vision and you know if you read Simon Sinek The mm-hmm. Start With Why, age oh, old yeah. start with Why. My why is is deeply rooted and I'll I'll start with a little bit of a story and um, mostly when a homeowner has a really, really bad experience, like it just sucks from one side of the thing to the other, they'll grab any phone number they can call mm-hmm. and they will they will complain to everybody. And having been on the distribution side of the business, I've received a lot of those phone calls. And I'm a pretty mild mannered guy, calm, cool and collected. And I allow people to offload what they have to say. And most other people don't really want to have those phone conversations. So by default, <laughs> yeah. I end up receiving an ungodly amount of phone calls through my career where something so simple created this, this sheer terror, right? Like these people are just so mad and so frustrated and so upset about whatever has happened with them that they're calling everybody and they're just calling and they're MF this and up one side and down the other and everybody they can just blast until they run out of energy. Right. And that's just terrorism. Mm-hmm. And so my intent, I intend to abolish home service terrorism. Okay. And that's, that's a grand scheme thing, right? So it's, it's, it's multi-level, right? So at one level, the homeowners are educating themselves and somehow or another it's happening improperly. So uh, mostly what I, what I see is creating this terrorism I'm speaking of is, is ignorance. yeah. And ignorance is okay because we can, we can solve that with, with education, Yep. Right. So we teach homeowners how to shop, how to understand. See, I I, I have this thing, right? Like people are saying, hey, man, you spend a thousand dollars a month on rent. You ought to be buying a house. You're going to have something to show for your money. And people people go into that and they're like, OK, cool, I'm going to go buy a house. And then they, they get into this house and they're strapped. Yeah. They have no extra leeway whatsoever. And then the air conditioner goes out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. because Nine percent of the time, whenever whenever the, the person is selling the house, they're like, just patch it up get it yeah. going so that i can get it. and then the
1: inspector's not actually yeah. doing a thorough air conditioner inspection i'm just saying hey does it come on uh does it work does it work it works everything works all right cool yeah. yeah exactly So, what happens when you when you buy a house is you become a general contractor and people don't understand that They like i used to calling the landlord and saying well hey you know uh the air conditioner is not, not working and they're like okay we'll send a maintenance guy over here and it's done so then now all of a sudden it's like okay how do i find somebody to help me with this and they go to google and then they find somebody who's at the top of google and that's somebody at the top of google hopefully actually has their best interest in mind i've seen where they don't yep. believe it or not right and then oh, so yeah. they're just trying to sell them a new system and uh deny a warranty all kinds of different things happen right so because of the ignorance of a homeowner they get caught in a scenario where they're they they think they need to buy a new machine and they might not necessarily need to yeah but then on the flip side the contractors are also guilty of ignorance which is okay because we can educate our way out of that but so what happens a lot of times is i see them fighting this price game i got the lowest price lowest price lowest price lowest price i'm gonna get this job and then finally they get a job but they got this job at a price that is literally not even possible to deliver what they said they're going to deliver yeah. because they just kept cutting the price and cutting the price and cutting the price. And so a lot of times what they have is they they're not doing the accounting, right? So they think they're making 40% but they're really making like 3 if positive at all. Yeah. Um and 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 they 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 do the accounting on the front end but they don't actually watch the numbers flow through and then they run out of money and this homeowner needs something that costs a couple few hundred bucks, maybe a thousand yep. bucks, and they don't have the money because they sold yep. it too cheap. And so they end up leaving the homeowner high and dry because they don't know what to do. And then I get the phone call. Yep. This fucking my mm-hmm. yep. language, all this other stuff, blah blah blah. And on and on and on and on. And it's it's sheer terrorism and it's it's bred mostly from ignorance and occasionally from malice, right? Like in yep. I have a vendetta against those people who maliciously like try to, you know, get people, but I want to solve this ignorance piece with education. So I educate with Adkins advice. The idea is to educate homeowners on, on the concept that now you're a general contractor. Here's how that works. That's cool. Then on the other side of uh, the Academy is where I work with contractors to make sure that they do the right accounting and make sure they have the right sales process, the right marketing process and the right processes to Mm -hmm. grow their business because if they're doing it right and they do what they say they're going to do and they're just trying to grow, but they hit a plateau, mm. then, then I see it as my duty to help them continue to grow because that's going to expand the wholesome contractor base that goes out and works with the homeowners, thus ridding us of this terrorism as, as we call it.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the thing about it is, is like something that it it strikes a nerve with me is whenever, especially whenever I'm talking to uh, someone and they're like, uh, they don't understand the difference between margin and markup That's right. and, and they're saying, you know, I have a uh, 50% margin in this job whenever they actually have 33% margin in the job because they've done the math completely wrong. Uh, and then whenever they, when they back everything out, they've actually paid that homeowner to do the job versus uh, you um, making a profit. Like I, I think in our industry, I've read and, several different places that the average uh business is and this is the average business is making something like three percent profit yeah it's, that's scary and and, well, and for people that a
1: math, it's mostly mostly a math thing
0: yeah 100 percent. Right. and then people are like you're ripping everybody off you know you're selling a seven dollar contactor for 125 dollars. i was like and yeah. yet they're still making three percent net profit like there's definitely a disconnect here
1: well but the issue at hand is that guy's not going to be there in two years when you need another service because he's yep. not making enough money to to pay the bills 100%. and he doesn't know it yet he's just yep. slowly sliding backwards to the point where it's like you know it's 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 hard it's hard to even tell it's happening it's like you, know, you put a frog in a bucket of water mm-hmm. and you put it on the heat and that frog would just sit there cozy until he's boiled and cooked and ready to eat frog legs. Mm-hmm. Right. But you stick a frog into a bucket of boiling water and that's something jump, right right. jump right out of there.
0: Yep. It's too hot in here, man. I ain't doing uh-huh. it. Totally. So, and, and that's like it. And the thing about this is like that net profit. And you, Mike talks about it a lot in his book. And that's the, the, uh, the checkbook checkbook balancing system so if you have money in the checkbook in the checking account then we're profitable if you don't have money in the checking account we're not profitable you know and and a lot of people run their businesses that way
1: unbelievable but true yeah Yeah. unbelievably true but yes yeah so that's that's what i do basically man is i i go around and i visit contractors and that part where we were talking about you know that driving time i've i've talked repeatedly about like getting an uber instead of driving myself, because I can sit in the back and work. But what I've done instead, right? So so my job is, uh, I'm a consultant and I go and I visit contractors in their facilities in my geographic area. I sit down with them and we hammer out stuff. We've talked about CRMs, we've talked about marketing, we've talked about sales, we've done trainings, we've talked about P&Ls, we've talked about it all, right? But when I'm driving from one to the other and it's an hour worth of time, I was just like you, it was like the radio it mm-hmm. is it gets old, the music uh, is repetitive. So I started to listen to some podcasts, but I also threw in a lot of audiobooks, yeah, a bunch of Zig Ziglar, yep. things of that nature that would help me like get a twofer. I'm driving and I'm getting educated. Yep. Well, so now I'm not I'm not here to tell you that I'm done being educated, but I also have this other issue in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Going from first thing in the morning, I go out and I see a contractor and then I get in a car and drive to see another contractor and get my car and drive to see another contractor. And then by the end of the day, I get home and I got a five year old daughter and a Mm -hmm. a 10 month old son and a beautiful bride that are waiting there to hang out with me. And I got to go and take all these notes from my day and put them in the computer. Yeah. Well, dang, if that time I was driving, I could have got them notes into that computer. I would have that task done and I could just hang out. So I started trying to develop this software where I can literally like like. Um, talk to a virtual assistant as I'm oh, driving yeah. and it's going to ask questions like, who did you see?
0: Oh, and, that's cool. You know,
1: what, what did you talk about? Who, uh, did you eat dinner or lunch or yeah. whatever? You know, <laughs> just like asking the questions and me verbally answering them and then done. Transcribe in the computer system. Um, so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be forward thinking in that nature to get more out of my drive time but man, to have a driver it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to bite down on that man. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> I pay somebody to do my yard. I pay somebody to handle the pool. I pay somebody to handle everything. Why wouldn't I pay somebody to drive me? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's it makes a lot of sense.
0: Unless you really enjoy driving, like, like
1: a true self-driving vehicle, yeah. mm-hmm. take me everywhere.
0: But that's like they were talking about uh, the cutting grass also. Yeah. And, you know, unless you really enjoy cutting your grass, don't cut your own grass. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason. They got guys that
1: can zip in, bing, 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 and done. And like I used to spend half, I, I had an acre of land in mm-hmm. Florida out near the m- mountain bike trails. Right. But so I used to spend like six to eight hours every Saturday all summer long out there on that yard. Yep. And at first it was cool. I was having my headphones on, just mm-hmm. riding around, getting a tan, with a little straw hat. And it was cool. But after a while, I was like, man, that damn root right there is a pain. And I don't even want to mess with this. So I hired somebody. I paid them like 40 bucks a cut. Yep. And they're in and out of there in 45 minutes. Yep. Like and you don't have to deal with absurd it. absurd to spend six hours doing something that somebody else can do I mean, think about what I can do in six hours. I mm. promise you I'll produce more than 40 bucks.
0: I was going to say, can you do more than $40? Because if you can y'all. do that.
1: <laughs> and if not, I would promise you I'll pay 40 bucks to have six hours with my family.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: I would I would easily make that trade. I don't want to sit on that damn tractor. I want to go and sit with them kids in that pool.
0: You know, I was reading an article. I think it was actually yesterday. And it was, um, it, it, the title was what caught me. And it said um, how the DIY uh mentality is killing us as as entrepreneurs. Yeah. And a, as a business owner, it's like you start off at the bottom and you're you are everything. And then you can't get out of that mentality. It's that DIY like, oh, I'm just gonna fix this. And you could literally pay somebody forty dollars to cut your grass and save six hours. And that six hours, if you're billing out two hundred dollars an hour, I mean boom, you just got a a lot. There's a big difference between six times 200 versus $40, you know? So, uh, and it's almost to the point where you're like, man, you should probably be charging more than $40, but I'm not going to tell you that because you do a good job and you charge $40.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I try to bend that around this consulting game, right? Because I'm, I'm a consultant on behalf of a business to business product. So here I'll Uh work with you as long as you use my stuff. Mm -hmm. But some of these guys that are their consultants in exchange for money, like their their hourly bill rate is five grand.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like,
1: okay, well, how do I wrap my head around five thousand dollars for an hour? But the value that they provide in that hour, if if I can if I can take an hour and sit down with you and then as a result of that hour, it produces an additional quarter million dollars in revenue at 10 percent GP. Did you get your money's worth for my five thousand dollar hour or not?
0: as long as you got that gp, <laughs> as long as GP. Right. Yeah.
1: that's exactly right as if you're not making the money then the money's the money's making you, you
0: that pass through profit and that's a that's something that i talk about some on the podcast too is that the ego with pastor pastor revenue is like um i think it was actually on the last episode that i released we were talking about um uh consumers purchasing equipment and then paying a the contractor to oh, yeah. actually install it. And, uh, you know, that's a big no-no in our industry. Like, that's like, oh, everybody's no. like, oh, no, heck no. You, consumer can't purchase something. That's my money. That's my markup. Um, but some people, like, especially the smaller teams that don't have the cash flow, it's just a pass-through number that ties up cash. So if you're really a small company um, and someone else purchases yeah, 4000 and go uh, to install. Yeah. And then you still ch- don't charge $500 to install it, like charge what you're supposed to charge to install yeah. it. Um, And, but you, you don't have that pass through money, but then you don't have like, okay, the end of the first year I generated a million dollars in revenue. Like you don't have that number anymore because you don't have that $5,000 mm-hmm. worth of material. But that's a vanity or, metric, uh, man. That is a vanity metric. It's
1: 100% worth the yeah. paper is printed on yeah because it's what it really comes down to is what is the gross profit of the company what's a profit p and l as i call it p and l all the time mm-hmm. it's profit and loss and if it's loss and you thought it was profit we have a big issue
0: yeah
1: right and if it's if it's profit and it's not as much profit then okay we got some tweaking to do but if you were thinking you were in the in the black but you're in the red which happens a wow. lot
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and so that's the thing, man, is um, when you come up into the industries from the trades and, and you, you don't actually have specific training, you need to go and hire somebody to help you with that piece.
0: Yeah, there's it's, a lot. There's a lot of the uh, manufacturers that will do it if you just ask yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've then you have. Yeah. And the, but you have to do it. Like mm-hmm. I've gone to those classes at like the local train rep. Yep, and it'll be me and two other people like there's 30 or 40 train dealers and they're all complaining about profit and not having enough employees and training and all this other stuff. And you're like, where are you? Like there's this huge conference room. They are putting it on. They're paying for our lunch. They're not charging us for this. It's part of our program. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Not charging for it. No skin
1: in the game, no show up
0: but see like with uh, train, with, with train there's a um we have a the marketing fee or whatever okay. it is and people complain about it it's like 2% or whatever it is it's just built into my pricing yeah. and uh they're like man that marketing fee is just ridiculous like you have to pay for that and like i'm not even using their marketing yes that's you were why in it, the it, class you paid it. for me to go to that class <laughs> yeah so,
1: <laughs> Well, so that's the thing, man, is uh, I, from the distributor standpoint, for the first like massive chunk of my career, I was sitting in on all those classes three and four times, you know, sitting with some of the big names who came in, Wayne Atkins, there's tons of, there's tons of different, you know, people that have came in. And as I was working for the distributors, man, we provided a plethora of tools. And and I became one of the, I don't want to call myself a tool, but like as a consultant, business to business sales, I was the value and yeah, totally. I still am. I still am the value. It's, it's because most of the competition, man, these guys and these sales reps jobs, they don't think outside the box. It's like, okay, I'm going to teach you about this equipment and how to sell this equipment. And yeah. it's like, but your paradigm is one sided and it's so deep seated with like the equipment. Like all I can do is call you and ask you about equipment. There's no other value there. Right Now you're exchangeable with the next commodity.
0: Yeah. You you gotta know, yeah. That's that's perfect that you said that because like with me, my trainer, he's he's knowledgeable. And if I have a question, I can go to him. And like that adds value to yeah. versus just being because literally with us being paperless and we're so much on the Internet. I use the train comfort site to order all my equipment. Like I don't call anybody. I don't like, I don't do any of that stuff. So if you didn't have value somewhere else, you literally wouldn't have value to me. Like if you didn't have education value, if you didn't have other stuff and we don't advertise, there's there like, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's even on our website. We don't advertise what brand we're we're installing until the day we're putting it in and we're, we're selling our product. So at that point, like if I didn't have a relationship with you personally as the vendor, there's no reason for me to sell your product other than like if a customer specifically requests it. Uh, and that's the one reason why I won't sell one of the brands that they offer here locally because the supply house, it's a big name brand and the people that sell it, they so go great. off the name, but that is, they, there's, the relationship is not there. It's just, you're a number. You just like push right through there unless you're like the big guys in town. Um, they just they, they don't really have a relationship with you and so i was like i have no use for you like that's none at all and then i, I like i starting out icebound last year um we were the small team and we still like they um uh it was like they, they treated us like we were the biggest team there and it was just like there was no difference between it. and so like the tm that i have is like Okay. Like it's, it's the relationship that I built with you that I, that I value. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's it. That's the important thing, man, is uh, most of the time, you know, when you're you're coming up, you hear about, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, and you start to realize that more and more. I, I started to realize it more and more as, as like things started to shift, right? Like at first, you know, somebody would leave a company and you'd be like, all right, well, I guess that person's gone now. And then all of a sudden, they pop up somewhere else. You're like, oh, okay, and then it's like good that you were still on good terms. Yeah. So I learned at an early age not to ever like cut ties with anybody. Yeah. You know, unless if it was an intentional like, okay, you're a crook and I don't want to be.
0: Yeah. You. You're cancer. I don't want to <laughs> deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but so I mean, you, you know what? When you when you see the way that this industry works, like it's 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 what goes around comes around, and what I see from my perspective is opportunity, if people are willing to collaborate. Mm. And so what I mean by that is exactly the purpose behind the group. I created the group because I could see that the solar contractors had a ton of value to offer to a roofer or a plumber had a ton of value to offer to an AC guy or any of those matches Mm. um, and different opportunities to, to introduce your customer base to a concomitant service provider mm-hmm. and and improve your return on your marketing spend, make more from your relationship under a condition. You got to really be able to trust the guys you refer in the work to. Yes. That's the biggest key. That's the thing that no. holds the most people away from saying, okay, well I'm going to refer you over here to my roofing partner because they don't want to get into a partnership with somebody that they don't know how to anticipate what to anticipate
0: yeah that integrity Uh,
1: as as some my role Mm. i'm going to vet these contractors i'm going to see how they operate i'm going to see what capacity they have to take on additional work and introduce them to the network and say okay these guys are here they have capacity to do this they they have this reputation you know if you've got any referrals bring it in here and then set up an agreement where you know they you scratch my back i scratch yours or whatever it is the issue at hand is this right like I've always asked, who do I know that I need, right? So I need, I need some paint done. Oh, Hey babe, can you see if anybody we know is uh, has a good painter? You know, Hey babe, do you know, can you see if anybody we know has a good uh, fence yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, hey, anybody know a good window guy? Cause that window is cracked right there. You know? And so it's always about who do you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can train them to come back and say, okay, well, um, You did a really great job and you always have these good referrals, then um, you never you never lose that relationship. Because part of it, part of it is staying in front of people because the marketplace is fierce and your competition is trying to take your business. So the more frequently that you're able to communicate with them, the more they they remember you.
0: Yeah, it, and and the the fine line there is communicating without spamming. Like that, that's the that's the one that I, that I try and juggle. It's like I want to be in front of you, but I want to add value, and I don't want to be spammy. Um, and that's like creating that a engagement. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'll tell you a secret. It does not matter how often you email them. You can email them seventy six times a day. You follow a pattern that Gary V outlined: give, give, give ask yeah so so never once in there did you hear me jamming anything down anybody's throat It's here's value here's value here's value and then oh by the way hey oh by the way home service pros if you're interested in consulting shoot me a dm and we'll talk about it i'll give you a free session right like and then if you're interested that's good i'll talk to you right and then there's no, no nobody here got offended by me saying that and if mm-hmm. they're not interested in talking to me they go text me mm-hmm. but if they do text me and then maybe that's an opportunity for me to, to help them and and so I'll take that. But yeah. if you if you go give 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 ask, they never get offended. Yeah. And and part of it is, man, I get probably at least sixty emails a day. Mm. And if you're too far down on the thing, you might not get seen at all. So yeah. to have one two three four emails stacked in that sixty, chances of getting seen are a little bit higher. But if yeah. you're giving me content, chances are I might go looking for it, especially if I'm especially so when you start to see that email open rate increase for a particular user that i mean that might indicate that they are prime for an offer because they're starting to shop right because they might not open the ac guys emails mm. at all but they don't delete them because they're like yeah that's good stuff I'll keep it coming yeah then they start opening them it's like okay i need to get my maintenance done let me see if i can get this guy's phone number mm-hmm. okay cool let me make an offer here
0: yeah, that's right. the same that I do with Russell Brunson. Like, he sends out tons of emails, but yeah. I don't delete them. I don't open them, but I don't delete them. They're just in my – I have – so I, I automate everything. So, like, in my inbox, it, it automatically notices if it is a uh, – I have a rule set up in Outlook that if it Russell Brunson comes in, it, it automatically sends it to Russell Brunson's folder. Yep. And um, and so, like like, they're not opened, but they're still there, and I, yeah. I don't delete them. And, and I know right. where they are when I want them.
1: I got a lot of guys like that set up, right? So Frank Kern stuff. And why do you think I'm? Why do you think I want Frank Kern's emails?
0: Uh, you just the value. I mean,
1: because I'm getting ready to design email came, campaigns myself, right? So yeah, if I got so somebody who's emailing me, I can go and and say, okay, well here's this date stamp, date stamp, date. Oh, look at the sequence right here. The entire email yeah. thing is now in this folder.
0: So and you can watch uh, how he did it and just mimic the exact same thing.
1: Exactly right. Because if it works for for him, it work, it might work for me. So, you never never want to underestimate the value of collecting data, even though you feel like, man, dang, I don't want any more emails come in. Okay, well, just automate it over here to this file, and when you feel like you want something from there, now you can go look for their most recent offer yep. and
0: totally. You know, yeah, um, Ari Mazel. Have you ever heard of Ari Mazel? Uh, uh, he wrote yeah. he wrote a book called um, "Replaceable Founder." And it's all about automation is a really good stuff. And, and that's all about
1: founder. I'm going to get that.
0: Yeah. It's a short read. Um I have one here somewhere, but it's a, it's a good book and it talks about using stuff like that and Zapier and yeah. automating things and just getting the like stuff. Just take your, take yourself out of the equation is mindless task that you don't need to be doing. Just right. automate it and be done with it.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Well, look, we, believe it or not, have been on this podcast for, uh, wow. well, a
0: little
1: yeah. bit. And <laughs> I'm sure that we can continue on and on and on and on. Absolutely. What I don't want to do is go beyond uh, yeah, yeah. about another couple few more minutes. So yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm fairly certain that we could continue on. Mm-hmm. But what I want to try to do is I want to try to get a roundtable with multiple participants in this space. Tommy Mello... Yeah. Um, some of the, some of these other people that are in our space. So if you will, uh, let's work together and see yeah. if we can put something together that um, is, is a, m- a little bit more, maybe more powerful because of the breadth of experience that we bring to the group. And then totally. we'll also find it to be a good question and answer, because I was watching the news feed here on Facebook. And I don't know if mine times out or something didn't work right, but there was only a comment or two, which could be a little more energy. I've not done an early morning podcast. <laughs> so what's possible is that, you know, they'll see it when they're waking up and we'll get a lot of views and comments during the day. So you're in the group. Yep. Just if you, if you see some comments down in there, uh, totally. reach back out and Hey, if you guys are interested, um, can you, can you also drop a link to your podcast right here? Absolutely. Comment.
0: Yep. I'll and add that.
1: Definitely check out Tersh uh, podcast here. It's called service business mastery. Mm-hmm. And it is a great podcast, great information, plethora of stuff that you could use for your business. Appreciate it. And uh, give him a review too, because he, he needs some help with his review game. He hundred I,
0: I know. And, and the thing about it is, like, I ask for him all the time. Uh, on the iTunes, I got like 100 and something. On the other podcast uh, catchers, there's a couple of them. Uh, and then I have one bad review. It was a one star because uh, the last year, I took a month off because we were doing a non-profit it here locally and so i didn't release any content for that month and he was like great content when when it's out and i'm like yeah oh, well so that's not a bad <laughs> review
1: actually so yeah one, one thing that i do and i'll i'll give this tip as well for home service pros i intentionally go and find people's bad reviews because you yeah, can learn totally. a lot in somebody's bad reviews but so yeah it's a great podcast give them a review on the thing and so here's another thing i'll tell you um sometimes you gotta bribe people <laughs> right, yeah. so we'll get your reviews up over 500 by like giving away um one, one giveaway i love is a television man because you can go get a tv for cheap like a 55 flat screen you know tv for 300 bucks or something then run a promo and say hey look everybody that does a review during this time frame and this time frame for the podcast can be entered for a chance to win the tv and then just promote the tv and then watch it pile up man
0: yeah that's a good idea know. cool I, I, look forward
1: to, I look forward to winning a TV from you one day. So. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. Yeah. I'll reach out to Tommy though. Tommy's a friend of mine and uh, we'll get some other people in a round table and we'll get to
1: Yeah. I talked to Tommy. I, I have a, there's a live with Tommy in the group here. He's definitely Sweet. down. There's i uh, I've done a few others in here and I've got a few more people uh, that I've, that have got like I've intentions, like Gene Slade and yeah, Gene. Um, Joe Crishera. There's a lot of guys out there that, um, so one thing i like to try to do is diversify beyond just air conditioning but there's a lot of personalities in that air conditioning space yeah. that have a lot to value a value that you can translate easily to other trades so i don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak
0: true very true very true <laughs>
1: all right man well hey we've been on here for a long time so i'm going to end this live anybody cool, that wants to chat with either tersh or myself about business we love to do this i don't get enough time to chat yeah. about business man so Hit us up in the DM or down in the comments below and we will hit you back. And thanks for hanging out, man. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you have any questions or concerns about anything that was mentioned in the podcast episode, please feel free to reach out to me, uh, tersh at icebound.us. And, um, I'll be more than happy to answer it or at least figure out who we can speak with to get the answer for you. Um, and then if you found value in this episode, please share it, uh, share it with a friend, family, um, someone who, someone else who may found value in it. Uh, and don't forget to like, like, and review it. So subscribe, uh, hit the review button, share, um, actually share a few words in your uh, review. That would be super helpful. Um, but cool. With that being said, have a wonderful day. And I look forward to talking to you again next week on the service business mastery podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves.